Welcome to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast, the show that talks all things female resistance training to help women feel beautiful, confident, and strong in and out of the gym. Now for your hosts, Jordan and Gretchen. Welcome back to the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. Jordan and Gretchen here today to talk about something that really, I think, comes to mind when we are deep in the throes of meat prep here. Is it really worth it? Is is the training worth it? Is the eating worth it? Why do we do this to ourselves? Yeah. I mean, this is definitely one that I think about every meat prep. I don't know if it's more apparent because we're in a meat prep right now, but I'm definitely, it crosses my mind probably daily right now. Is it worth it? Um, I definitely had a, a little pep talk with myself today about, all right, we are almost there. We can do this. It's like, you've got this and really having to work myself up because yep, it is at this point, a darn near daily conversation. Yeah. We especially, and it's not just, is it worth it during me prep? It's, is it worth it every day? I think sometimes you hit those lulls, you are frustrated with things and you ask yourself, is it worth it? Um, you know, when you start a health and wellness journey, we'll call it, you go to the gym, you switch up your nutrition. I mean, it is a big life change and it doesn't all happen overnight. Please, dear God, do not decide all of a sudden I'm going to the gym and eating healthy all at the same time. Cause that's too much at once. Um, but you do slowly kind of start giving things up and switching your life and you don't give it up forever. Um, but it is a big life change. So one of the things that has changed quite a bit for me, I don't think it's changed as much for Jordan cause she wasn't like this before, but giving up eating out. Um, like I said, I, you don't completely give it up. I do still eat out just not as often. I was eating out one to two meals a day, every day, seven days a week. There was like our fridge consisted of liquids. We drank things in the house. We didn't eat things in the house. And that's, I, I grew up with a family that was very much like we eat at home. Um, we have home cooked meals. So we, I mean, we'd eat out, like we would eat, we would pick up subway or subway Wendy's or Chili's. My mom went through phases and (laughs) But it wasn't every day. It was like, we are in a real pinch because kid A needs to be here. Kid B needs to be here. We've got these things. And it was always when necessary. And it was something that I just adapted growing up. Like I, I didn't, I don't eat out very much. I married a man who eat, who would have, who probably ate the same schedule as you, but I do all the cooking. So now he doesn't feel the need to go out, even though some days he's like, can I please get a Crunchwrap Supreme? Oh, him and Guy need to go hang out for a day. They could have a day coming up here. Yeah. I definitely grew up, again, eating at home. Like, we ate at home, and we always had, like, the deep freezer of pizzas and corn dogs and stuff if our parents were at work or something that we could pop in, and we would eat out. It was very few and far between. Again, like, if we had to be somewhere and this is just the easiest way to get it done, that's when we would eat out. Um. And then I became an adult and it was like, I can eat whatever I want. I like, I went full spectrum on the other end. I was like, I have adult money and I'm 
like I don't really have super big adult responsibilities quite yet. So I'd eat out all the time. And then I met my husband and it was just easier to eat out. Everybody gets to get what they want. Like, um, he doesn't cook. I did the cooking and was so stressful learning what he wants to eat, what his son wanted to eat. So then it was just easier to grow up to eat all the time. And then, you know, I gained a lot of weight because of it. And then I started working with you and I was like, well, <laughs> this has to change. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Um, but is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, it's worth it. We've made it work. Um, I've learned how to meal prep. I didn't think I'd be someone that meal preps. In all honesty, I really, really hate leftover food and I hate heating it up. I go to a restaurant and I'm the type of person that does not bring the food home. I'll eat half of it. And I like the waitress looks at me in sadness. Like, did you not like it? I'm like, no, I just, I hate heating food up. Um, so when I meal prep, it's food that I know I will enjoy being reheated. Yeah. And then we, and then we do a meal delivery service for dinner because our work schedules are very weird and it's not the same time. We don't come home at the same time every day. And your girl is not cooking dinner at seven o'clock at night. So no, we, I mean, I think when it comes down to like, is it worth it to give up going out to eat? It always depends on what your goal is. Yeah. Like you were very clear that you wanted to cut a weight class and you were very Mm -hmm. clear that you wanted to lose weight to you. It was worth it. There are some people I, I have clients who part of their job is to go out to happy hours, to dinners with clients. Like sometimes like, is it worth giving up your livelihood for that? Maybe, maybe not. It's just, I think it's looking at it as giving up the traditional way of doing it for maybe the non-traditional. You're either giving up your, your appetizers with like bacon wrapped, whatever, and fried food with drinks for salads, veggies, waters, or Mm -hmm. you're just giving it up altogether. And it always comes down to what's your goal and what is it that you really want? Because, I mean, if you don't really care what you weigh or what you look like, then the the sacrifice really isn't worth it. Right. And like I said, we don't give it up completely as I've exposed myself before. Uh, I do still go out to eat on Sundays. It's either brunch or dinner. And so every week that's, that was kind of the compromise that I made with my husband because he didn't want to give up going out to eat. And this was not his journey. So Um, He was very supportive, but we did make the decision to still go out at least once on Sunday. It was, it's every Sunday. It really doesn't change. Um, But like Jordan said, I, it's not like a go all out, go ham. I'm still making the conscious decision to, you know, not get the deep fried foods and not get eight appetizers because I can't choose which one. So yeah. I think a good note to tie that to for you as well is you, you guys love the state fair oh, yeah. and that's to you giving up the state fair it for, for this style of eating of eating at home is not worth it to you. And that's perfectly okay. Yep. That goes for any type of event. I mean, there are, I look at like our, our post meat meal. It's like, it's that's worth it. go ham. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it to, to eat that. And there are going to be events like that. It may be birthdays. My mom always makes yummy cake for my birthday and I eat it every time, probably two pieces because it's my favorite cake in the whole wide world. Um, 
But you eat it once a year. I eat it once a year. And those like, we're not talking about giving up everything. That's the thing. Like, like with you and your Sunday brunch or dinner or the state fair, you're not giving up everything. You're giving up some things. You're sacrificing some things. I'm sacrificing for the time being so I can thoroughly enjoy that Sunday meal, that state fair that I'm, I mean, in all honesty, in previous years, probably until this last year, I was miserable every single day of the state fair because I knew that I was eating crap food and I knew that I was just gaining a bunch of weight during these 12 days because we go all 12 days and I just felt greasy and bloated and nasty. And this year it was, I was conscious of what I was doing. I didn't go crazy like usual, but I did get to eat everything that I wanted to. I just didn't eat it all in one day, every single day. And you got to see me. And I got to say, I got Jordan to the fair. Yeah. Um, so another big one that people ask if it's worth it is committing the time in the gym. Um, and I, I think it blows people's mind. It can go both ways when a lot of people think that, um, you and I work out seven days a week, eight, eight hours a day. You're a little bit different because you do work in a gym. It's, it's my profession to work out daily profession to work out daily, but you're not, you're not on your specific program that many days a week. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, so a lot of people are like, oh, you, you only work out, work out in quotes four days a week. You train for powerlifting four days a week. Um, and it varies from, for time difference. I mean, for example, on Mondays is our heavy squat and deadlift day. That can be a two to three hour lifting day if it needs to be. Can we just both make note that because this was our, our heavy day as start of our last block, we both without, without acknowledging it showed up earlier because we knew we needed the additional <laughs> time. We needed some extra warm up time. I pulled into the parking lot and I was like, oh, Gretchen's already here. She had the same thought as me. 100%. 100%. I was like, it's going to take a little extra time to get me going today. Um, you know, but then there's our, my light bench day. I can knock that whole thing out. Honestly, if I'm not talking to anybody in a half an hour, 45 minutes, like 45 minutes at the longest. I, um, I think the biggest thing with this is everyone thinks that you if you want to lose weight, if you want to build muscle, that you have to be a bodybuilder and train for hours and hours on end, be a power lifter who is at the gym for three, four hours every day. Yeah. And it's, that's scary. And that's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. I know we give a hard time to some of the, some of the men that train around the times that we do, because they are there for hours. We, they will be squatting and we will warm up squat deadlift and do accessories before they're even at their top set for deadlifts. And I just don't understand how that time frame works. I think because they're so young and they don't have families to go back to at home. And this is their social time. They've got yeah. all the time. Yeah. I think that it's intimidating to see how much of a commitment it can be to the gym, but it, again, you don't have to do that. So that commitment, you may look at it and you may be thinking, Oh, it's not worth it to commit that much time to the gym. It's not worth it to do that. Yeah. But like check what your expectations are or check what your beliefs are around that commitment. 
because in reality, like the average person, all of my clients, it's three workouts, 45 minutes a week. Like that's it. So you're committing three 45 minute sessions to me plus or minus 15 minutes on each end. That's three hours, roughly. It's not that much. Um, and I think that we, the expectations of what you need to do to lose weight and to look better and to get fit were really skewed by different challenges and different program expectations of like, you have to work out five, six, seven days a week. You have to do all this cardio. You have to work out. You have to do all this. 75 hard does wonderful things for people, but that program also really messed with people of you have to get two workouts a day, 45 minutes every day, non-negotiable for 75 days. One of the biggest reasons people can't keep up with that is because of the time commitment to that. Yeah. And then you feel, and then you feel like a failure and a lot of people will fail on that. And I think mentally it just brings you down even more. Yes. Yeah. Um, But, and I think that's, that's a huge perk of having a coach and explaining to them, this is my lifestyle. This is what I can and am willing to give up. Um, And this is how much time I can commit to the gym. You know, you and I are on a four day split schedule. We work out four days a week. There are some people that work shift work. We have a lot of first responders, police, fire, EMS nurses in our gym and in your gym. Yeah. And they have a weird schedule. They have weird shift hours and they can only come in two, three days a week. And you and our coach will program to that ability. Yeah. It's, I think you have to look at what your lifestyle is first and what your lifestyle allows for, and then determine, is it worth that? Is it worth that time? Right. Is it worth giving, you know, maybe you can only work out two days a week and you get 60 minutes. Is it worth giving up two hours in your seven day week for the results? Because you can get a lot of results in, in two workouts. Um, one to start, you know, I met with a woman yesterday. It's been quite a long time since she's done, had any physical activity, really busy with her job. It's been really affected by, I just can't get people to work right now. And so it falls back on her and we're like, we got to get you started with just one day a week. One day a week is it. And she's like, I can do that. Like that's one hour. It's going to be tough. I'm going to have to work really hard to commit and stay with that one hour, but I can do that. I can do the one hour. Yeah. Um, another one that kind of goes with eating out is giving up social events and participating in basically everything. Right. Um, you can absolutely go to social events. We just finished the holidays. I didn't miss a single one. I went to all of them. I just knew where my priorities were, mm-hmm. um, made better choices at those social events and expressed to people what was going on. I have a meet coming up. This is, you know, why I'm eating this way when I would normally eat a different way. This is why I'm not drinking. I really quit drinking um, probably two months before the meet. It messes with my workouts and I didn't want to deal with that. So when someone handed me a drink, I was like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, I know. Um, it's it's sometimes tough. We have a lot of FOMO as humans. Yeah. And sometimes the hardest thing is like, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? I mean, honestly, who cares? It's, it's on them, whatever they do think, or they don't think of you. And 
I, I mean, I do the same thing. I go to Christmas. I go to Thanksgiving. All my families know I'm very picky and I also eat pretty healthy. So nobody says anything. I mean, they just kind of acknowledge Jordan's going to go get whatever she's got, warm it up and eat with us. Um, but then again, I mean, we had tacos, we had a little taco bar for my, my family's Christmas and I didn't miss out on it. I love tacos. I'm going to indulge on that a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I, I picked and chose. I don't necessarily love the traditional Thanksgiving Christmas style ham, turkey food, but I like tacos. So I'll eat a little bit more. I'll indulge in that and not force myself to eat stuff that's I don't really need or want. Yeah. I mean, a perfect example is that. And then my brother got married this past year and his in-laws, so his wife's family, they do a cook-off a couple times a year. Somehow, I don't know how, my husband and I got invited to this, right? So these are his in-laws. I guess you could say that they're my family as well. They definitely made us feel like family. But um, we got invited to this. It was macaroni and cheese. Like you had to make your own macaroni and cheese. And then you judged it. I mean, there was probably eight different kinds of macaroni and cheese. We agreed to go and make it. I thought it'd be so much fun. My brother was excited that he was going to have someone from his family there. Um, And I participated, but I did not taste test the macaroni and cheese. I let my husband do that. I cooked ours. He did the tasting. And I'm not going to lie. Like I was super nervous about, okay, this is, I'm really meeting them for the first time besides their wedding. Um, What are they going to think of me? Are they going to regret inviting us because I'm not really participating, but no, everybody was super nice about it. I explained to them what was going on and why I couldn't eat all of it. Next time we'll, I'll be help, happy to indulge and indulge. But, um, I think really getting over the fear of explaining why. Yeah. And I think that piggybacks right into one of our other points too, is like being that weird person who packs all their food or who orders a little bit differently. It's, it's normal. And I, it's a, it's a hard thing and I'm making it sound a lot easier than it actually is. I know that, but if somebody makes a comment, it's more of a reflection of them than it is on you. If somebody has something to say, think, or act like because of what you're doing, it's more discomfort with them. It's more them than you. So it's, you might feel weird. And also if you're worried and stressed about it, you're probably creating much worse things and situations in your head than what will actually happen. Yeah. I always say that I am so happy that I'm that weird person that packs food now because I am never somewhere without some kind of snack. So if I'm hungry, I'm going to curb that hunger at the very least. And I'm not going to be out there wandering around getting hangry and not knowing what to eat and stopping and getting something terrible. Yeah. I, I'm very similar. I rarely don't have food with me or I rarely I'm in a situation where I get that hangry. If I do, it's dangerous, <laughs> dangerous for all parties involved, but it's, I'm okay being the weird one who packs, packs the food. It's, is it sometimes a little bit annoying? Yes. Do I sometimes wish that I just didn't have to worry about it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I look at it, you know, if I'm out with family, I'm out with friends, I feel better. I'm a better human for them because I'm not hangry. I'm not feeling bloated, gassy, nasty after eating something that doesn't agree or sit well with me. 
And I'm not frustrated because there's nothing that I like because I'm a super picky eater. Right. Um, I will say the worst part about doing that is the amount of Tupperware that I go through. Thank you. Like I come, I come home. Not only do I have an, a whole extra bag to carry my food (laughs) because I'm that person now or like a backpack. Um, but now I come home and I like dump Tupperware on my counter every day and I gotta wash it or rinse it out at the very least. Oh, I'm not, I will never get used to that. I will never not hate that part, but it, it is a hundred percent worth it for that. That's funny. Cause that is the worst part to me as well. It's like when we go to the cabin or something and then coming home with all these empty containers and you're like, are you serious? It, yeah. It's so for whatever reason you packed them full and you were totally fine with it, but now yeah. they're empty and you're like, Oh, this is the worst. Yeah. And then you gotta like wash them all and all the lids get every, I don't know. Yes. You gotta put them back and stack them correctly. No. Yes. So another sacrifice is the, is the idea of what your family has to give up in total. I think because if you're married, you have kids, sometimes it means that their lives have to change as well. And sometimes that can be a harder battle than changing yourself individually. And that like hundred percent, I think where that really has to be looked at is, you know, you got to do what's good for you and what what's best for you as an individual. That doesn't mean you take away pizza rolls from your kiddos. That doesn't mean you take away your husband's McDonald's breakfast drive through excursions. Doesn't mean you take away the chips. You find what works. Um, sometimes that means that you leave meals separately. So think spaghetti and meatballs. You have the meatball separate, you have the sauce separate, you have the noodles separate so that you can either put it on top of a salad, on top of rice, but your kids can still have traditional spaghetti and meatballs. It's just preparing things separately and doing things a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And changing up the way you do things is always met with resistance, but eventually it just becomes the new norm. Yeah. I know I don't have like a lot of children experience, child experience, um, but I will say that the friends that I have that have children, I say the easiest thing to do, I understand that you don't want to make eight different things. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody has time for that. And with kids, it's really hard to look at them and say, hey, mommy is wanting to lose some weight. So you're going to have to start eating healthier. Like you said, don't make them give up the pizza rolls. But to prep a lot of protein, a lot of kids' protein is fine for you. Eat mm-hmm. their protein, put it on a salad, put it with some rice instead of the French fries and the ketchup and all the sauces that go with it. You can take that protein and make a, you know, take two more minutes to make that a healthy dinner for you. Yes. Um, as far as like husbands and stuff go or wives, if you're a man listening to this, kudos to you. Um, I think Jordan and I both have done it pretty well and I do have friends that are married and that's their biggest concern is how do I tell my husband that we're going to switch to eating this way? And he, he doesn't care. He doesn't want to eat healthier. He's happy with himself. So he's not going to be all in it. Like you are, um, for me, I understood that. And I told my husband, I said, look, I have to drop weight for this meat. This is my goal. Um, it's not your goal. So if you don't want to do it, that's completely fine, but this is how I'll be eating you can eat whatever you want. I'm going to be cooking for me. 
I'm going to be making lunches for me. I'm going to be prepping everything. You can eat whatever you want, though. If you would like me to prep for you as well, no problem. I'm already doing it. And it was honestly laying it out like that. He was like, yes, then I don't have to go through the McDonald's drive through every day at work. Like my food is there. It's so much easier for him this way. Yeah, I think that it's really you just have to be open to having the conversation to begin with. Yeah. And I think back to the kid point is, you know, yes, having that conversation of like, Ooh, mommy or daddy needs to lose some weight. So they're going to eat healthier. Not always a fun topic. I think it's a really troublesome thing to bring up weight loss to kids. I think it kind of like skews them from, from early on. Yeah. But I think you can have the conversation of like, we're going to make some changes to food here because it's going to help you be better in school. It's going to help you be better in your sports, in your extracurricular activities. And if you frame it around overall health, then it's, it's not going to be easy, but it at least, you know, Hey, this is going to help you for your big test tomorrow. This meal is going to help you for your big tournament this weekend. Mm -hmm. Those kids are much more likely to buy into that than to just say, yep, we're changing what we're eating. Deal with it. Right. Um, last piece comes to setting boundaries with friends and family. Ah, uh, yes. I will always say you're going to, I don't mean that in a negative way, but you're going to lose some friends, not in like, they'll never speak to you again, but in a, you might not be their first call to go out and have appetizers and drinks after work. If and you, you know what, if they're a true friend, you should not be their first call. Correct. You should be like, you know what? Jordan is trying to lose some weight for this meat. So let's not even tempt her. Yeah. It's, uh, it piggybacks right off of changing with your family. It, it's tough to have those conversations and to yep. set the boundaries with family and friends. But again, it, it all comes back to the sacrifice. Would you rather stay in the body that you're in uncomfortable, not liking it or be uncomfortable for a little bit and have this difficult conversation? Yeah. And I think, I think one of the, I don't know if it's the hardest thing that I've learned, but one of the tough things that I've learned is, um, as you go through this and you change and you set those boundaries with friends and you're no longer the first person that they call and you're, as you're spending more time taking care of yourself, being in the gym, eating healthy, your group of friends is going to change because you're going to now gravitate and want to hang out with those people that are in it with you. So you're not suffering together. I look at, I look at you and I, you and I didn't know each other, Yep, met each other at the gym. And now we FaceTime a ridiculous amount when you're stuck at home, (laughs) we see each other and work out together twice a week. We text daily. I mean, like my, my group changed my daily first call friends changed. Yeah. I am struggling with a food and nutrition thing. One, you're my coach. Mm-hmm. Two, you're my friend who is doing this with me. So you're going to give me better advice than, oh, just take the day off. You need a break. Yeah. I think that you, you're, you're right on with that is you're going to gravitate towards the people who to like-minded people. Yeah. Uh, I know that the, the saying is always that opposites attract, but really in these type of circumstances, that's not true. Um, it just makes it harder. It does. It does. And it's, you know, you bring it into, right. Like sometimes you think of people who battle with substance abuse, one of the biggest and first things they have to do is change their circle of friends, change their environment, change the people that they're with regularly. 
it's similar. It is, it is similar Mm -hmm. because if they want to be clean, they want to be sober, they need to be around people like that. And typically their environment is not supportive of that and, and has encouraged them to be in their situation. Same goes for fitness. Same goes for nutrition. If you want to eat better, you need to surround yourself with people who eat better. If you want to avoid always going out Friday night and getting smashed and having burgers and tacos from the drive-through on the way home, then you need to, you need to find alternative activities or find alternative friends. Right. It's easier said than done. We both know that, but it's, that's where you have to look. Is it worth it to do this or is this something I'm not willing to give up to which I say, good for you that you recognize that, but also recognize what that means you won't have because of that. Right. Yeah. So I think to wrap it up, is the sacrifice worth it? Like you said, think about your life. Think about what you're willing to give up. I will tell you, um, for my personal point of view, it is absolutely worth it. I like the person that I am much better than the person I was when I was sitting on the couch, eating McDonald's every day, going out to dinner, not knowing what to eat because food wasn't even a thing anymore, but you had to eat. So you ate the crappiest thing ever, um, to being the person that loves the way I look and clothes, loves the way I feel in clothes. When I do go out to eat, I enjoy every single bite of it and I'm excited about it. And I don't feel like crap and get down on myself about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's absolutely worth it. I would, I would say the same thing. And we recognize we're both a little biased in this situation. We wouldn't make an episode about if it's, if the sacrifice is worth it and say, absolutely not <laughs> at the end of it. We're like, no, nah, that's not worth it <laughs> yeah, next. No, it's, I know for me, I'm a better coach. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend when I am spending my time in the gym, moving my body. I'm a better, all of those things when I eat to fuel my body instead of just eat because of random desires or because of stress. Um, I'm a, I'm a better person because I have these tough conversations with people and have, and have encouraged myself as well as them to accept me as I come into my own as this type of individual I want to be. It's, it is very worth it. And I don't think that I would be able to run a business to be happily married, to be a good friend, to be a good lifter, without these things. I mean, plain and simple. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Beauty, Brains, and Barbells podcast. If you liked what you heard today, go ahead and give us a like, a share on Instagram. Let us know what more you want to hear from us so that we can truly make this the podcast that females go to to improve their resistance training experience.